Hello everyone and welcome to Inside the Arena podcast brought to you by Piers Arena. On Inside the Arena podcast, we talk about mental health, well-being and every other issues and challenges we all face in our day-to-day lives. And on each episode, we'll be having a guest on to talk about their own experience with these issues and most importantly, how they are able to navigate and overcome life struggles and challenges. I am your host, Tony, and thank you very much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Inside the Arena podcast. Um, today, we have an amazing guest, and this is a conversation I've been looking forward to. And um, I'm very, very sure we'll have a great conversation. So without wasting so much of our time, I would like to have him introduce himself so we can get familiar with who he is and get a sense of the conversation we'll be having today. So, Well, hi, everyone. Thank you, Inside the Arena podcast, for having me today. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Noreen Takuma, and um, I am a motivational speaker and a content creator who wants to inspire people and make a difference in the world. I am not yet a certified life coach or an expert or a guru in anything I'm, I'm doing. I'm just a life student who's willing to share what he has learned on his journey um, so far. So it's a real pleasure to be here, and I look forward to deeping, I mean, going deeper into this conversation today. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that, too. Um, um, like, you're not an expert, like you rightly said, but you are an expert of your own experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very sure people can actually learn from, we can all learn from one another, as yeah. long as we're willing to um, be vulnerable, to share and be open. Okay. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Um, so, anyways, how are you doing today? I'm doing very, very good. Um, I have to say that the Ramadan has been quite interesting um, this year because... I did my last Ramadan in uh, Malaysia. That's where I did my university. And now in Nigeria, I can say that it's quite interesting with the heat because I'm not used to this kind of heat. In Malaysia, it was not this hot. Like here in Nigeria, sometimes it feels as if you're in a microwave. But um, yeah, <laughs> we just we just uh, manage and we get used to like, we get used to it um, over time. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Ah, heat is something else. Yeah, it is. Um, and you, don't, you don't stay in Lagos or anything like that, right? No, I'm actually in Abuja. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Lagos is, is kind of better a little bit. Mm. But it's all good. We had rain a couple of days ago, so okay. that was yeah, that was something. So, yeah, anyways, um, I, I really um, became aware of you re- quite recently. I'm not going to lie about that. Like um, a friend sent me like your story you put up. Oh. You were actually um, taking time to check on your community and asking everybody how they were. And you were willing to engage um, with your community. You have about 200,000 plus. So that was, that was kind of like a shocker. And you did said you got an overwhelming amount of response that you weren't expecting. Oh. And... So I wanted to ask you, how was that experience um, for you and what was your takeaway from it? Well, I have to say that first off, a lot of people are hurting inside. They're dealing with so many problems because what I noticed was that over, let's just say 95% of the people who responded said that I'm not doing good. I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with school. I'm dealing with these mental health issues. And it's one of those reminders that I should not stop doing what I'm doing because I don't know how far my message can go. I don't know who it can help. 
So I tried to respond to as many as possible, even though they were more than the responses were more than I could even handle. At one point, I actually had to drop my phone and be like, oh, okay, like this is too much for me. So um, it was an eye opener because I actually was not expecting people to to be in so much pain in their lives. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad for a lot of people, but I guess everyone is dealing with their own and we just try to keep pushing forward um, every single day. So it was, yeah, I'll, I'll just say it was an eye opener for me, like mostly, like that's what, that's what I would say. And so I guess my question would be, um, is that something you plan to do more often, like engaging with them and seeing how you can be of help in any way? You know why I would say yes and definitely is because there's a difference between having a following and having a community. Like this is just something I have been thinking about recently. And having a following is like having a lot of followers, but not really caring about each other. Like you don't really like you have a surface relationship. You just put out content, do whatever, and you build the following. You follow trends and all of that. There's that one. There's having a following. I'm not interested in that at all. What I'm interested in is having a community, people who care about each other's growth. We care about each other's success, kind of like a family. That's what I'm more interested in because I know that that's where real growth happens. Because sometimes I'll post something on my Instagram, like on my feed, and I would not, like someone would share something that they're dealing with, right? And I'll not be able to respond on time, maybe because I'm doing other things. But then someone else who's following me would respond to that person and say, um, I wish you the very best. You know, it's like they're checking in on them and they're like, um, don't worry, you'll, you'll be able to overcome this and so on. And I was always like, this is what I want. Like, this is what I want where people are there for each other. People are willing to support each other. That's what I'm interested in. That's building an actual community instead of just building a, a, a following. People who don't really care about each other. So I would say that I'm more interested in building a community than just the following. I hope that answers question yeah yeah that that definitely answers the question and have you thought about maybe um telegram is a tool that is very very effective mm. so that um have you thought about that because having a telegram community where people can join yeah and people can they can be interesting topics people can talk about whatever they're going through and yeah um, just have certain rules and regulations and that that is actually effective i've seen that work work a lot so have you thought about that yeah i funny enough i have and i even once had a telegram group but it was a bit hard for me to sustain because i was doing too many things at that time like i had a i was trying to be consistent with youtube instagram podcasting, Telegram, my news, that like there were just too many things. And I was like, man, I need to make sacrifices. And unfortunately, Telegram had to be one of them. So what I'm thinking of doing is to do that again, but to find out exactly how I can be consistent with my responses on that Telegram group so that I don't just leave them there hanging. I don't want them to just say something in the group and then wait for like two, three weeks for me to respond. I would want to be consistent with that. And so right now... It's like I have other things on my mind. Um, so when I sort those things out first, then I'll come back to creating that Telegram group and building a community there as well. Because I know that that way we can actually have conversations. You know, it's like we can actually have group conversations and so on. So that's something I've been thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you said, and we can talk about this more offline, but I know you said um, like you just made mention of 
um, you not responding on time to someone on the comment session and someone else stepping up. It's the same thing on the Telegram community. I'm, I'm involved with a lot of groups, even on WhatsApp and whatnot. The quote-unquote founder of such groups are not always involved in the everyday running of the of the platform, right? So people step up, right? People are willing to. So if you have a couple of people who are like very, very engaging, you can call them to the side and be like, okay, I would like for you to like keep doing this more often and the rest of it. So um, I had a conversation with Daria Sobele, that is the founder of um, Anti-Suicide and Depression Squad. And one of the most interesting thing and uh, that I, I, I took away from that conversation and I, and I took away from his entire movement is you having a dream is one thing. And other people buying into that dream and taking it up from where you have stopped or from where you can't is the most amazing thing. So, um, so you don't need to like put, put, put all that pressure on yourself and think you have to do it all alone, right? Other people can actually step up and step in as long as it is something genuine, right? People would actually come to your aid and assist. So just think about that. So anyways, um, yeah, moving on. Um, so I went back to your first post, right? When I saw, I, so I took the, I took the time to like do a little bit of research on you and I went back to your first post and, um, you put up a picture, like a picture and you talked about still figuring it out, uh, still figuring things out rather. So I wanted to ask, um, and that was like in 2019, right? So I wanted to ask, yeah, a long time ago. So I wanted to ask, um, how's the journey been from then till now? Um, for you personally well the first thing i'm gonna say is that to be honest i put up i put up the caption because i thought it sounded cool you know that was the actual reason it wasn't i wasn't really okay. doing anything at the time i was just um i was still sorting i was kind of yeah in a way it was true um i was still trying to sort out life basically, because I was in the very beginning. I didn't know what to do, where to go, or where I was headed. And every day I learned something new. Like till today, I can't say I figured everything out. I don't think anyone has or anyone can. Yeah, no one can. It's like a lifelong journey. I mean, even if you end up figuring things out, if you figure everything out, life will be very boring because you have nothing to strive for. So um it has been a journey for me. I figured out so much from back then because I know that if that version of me, the 2019 version of me met the current version of me, it's like, we are not the same person at all. We just mean, we, we might have the same face. We might talk the same, but we are not the same person at all. Like totally different because back then I was really naive. I didn't know so many things, but now I've learned so much from experiences, you know, from meeting people, from books and so on. And I have to say that I am a much smarter and wiser person than I was back then. I'm not as smart as I could be. Like there's still so much learning to do. There's still so much growth, um, but I'm way, way better than I was back then because back then I was just, I felt like I wasn't really Nurain. I was just a, a, a body basically. Um, I think the way I normally put that is like, there's a difference between, um, I think it's existing and living. Like, let me just put it that way. Yeah, there's a difference between existing and living. And if you exist, it means that you're just on this planet, but you aren't doing anything meaningful, you know, and that's where I was. But now I can say I'm actually truly living. 
because I'm trying to make the world a better place like every single day. So I think that would be the main distinction from wh where I was back then and where I am today. And now I'm truly living deliberately and consciously and trying to make people's lives better. But back then it wasn't really like I had nothing, nothing going on. We, we get so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and that's because there's overwhelming, um, should I say evidence or there's an overwhelming rush of information and yeah. people moving forward with their lives and doing things and that kind of put a lot of pressure on us and even if we were to like sit back, um, sit back a little bit and kind of analyze it even from a biological theme yeah your brain is not completely developed until you're in your 20 something so it's like if you even think about it from that point of view you can't even think properly yeah right when you are at a certain age biologically so, like, I think people need to, like, realize that and not put so much pressure on themselves. But I'm glad you actually, you were conscious enough to realize that there was something. I think it was a calling that made you feel that way. Like, you had something in you that needed to come out. And that's yeah. what made you feel like, okay, I'm not doing anything. I want to do something so bad and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, to add to that point, it's like, what I would say was that it was more, I felt like, really dissatisfied in life like i knew that let me just put it this way if i were to die the next day or if i was if i was even to die the same day what would people say about me you know it's like was i just another human being who just lived but didn't really do anything with their life and i didn't mm -hmm. want that you know i actually wanted people to say that this person made an impact on my life you know i'm smiling today because of him or he touched my life in some way and i'm a better human being because of him. That's what I was after. Because I was so dissatisfied at that point that I was like, I, I can't live this way. Like, I don't like anything about being, I felt, I kind of felt like a nobody. You know, I know my, I was a bit too extreme on myself. Not that anyone is a nobody, but I felt like a nobody because I was a bit too, I'm, I, I'm like, that's something I'm still working on. I can be a bit too harsh on myself because I have these high expectations on myself that if I don't meet, I'm like, Nah, you're like, you're an idiot. You know, it's like, you're stupid. Yada, yada, yada. And that's something I'm still working on. But what I would say was I was so, so dissatisfied in life in general that I knew something had to change. And so it sent me on this path of growth and development. It was in 2018. And it was my mom that gave me the idea. Like, I should start shooting YouTube videos and posting them online. And I remember the first time she brought it up, I was like, no. Like, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to put myself out there. I'm not interested in all of this. And I remember escorting her to, there was, she had a presentation in Kaduna in Nigeria. And I escorted her there. And after the presentation, I remember she was surrounded by so many people. They were just thanking her. Like, this is, like, thank you so much for your message. Like, what you shared was really, really valuable for me and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, look at, Look at the impact she made. Like, on all of this started from her videos. You know, they must have seen her online and they were appreciative of the kind of content that she put out. And I was like, I want that. Like, I will also want to be doing that, you know, to be able to make a huge impact um, on people's lives as well. And so when I went back home, I told her, look, I'm ready. Let's start shooting these videos. And that's how it started. But I will confess that when I started initially, why I started creating content wasn't necessarily because I wanted to make an impact on people's lives. It's because I felt like a nobody. 
Like literally, I wanted people to have a reason to want to talk to me because back then I was extremely insecure. I didn't have that many friends. People didn't really care about me. You know, it's like I would, I would have to be the one to call my friends. My friends didn't really call me. You know, I remember I had two experiences that really made things worse for me. And that's why I wanted to prove a point. And the first one was when I escorted my brother to and my mom to a fashion show here in Abuja. And after the fashion show, I remember my, my brother sang. My brother and his friend, they sang at the fashion show. And then after the fashion show, a lot of girls, or let me just say several girls, wanted to snap a picture with my brother. And I remember standing next to my brother. I wasn't too far from him, but they were all just talking to him. And it was as if I was not there. And I remember I was even standing not too far from him with my hands folded, waiting for them to also ask about me. You know, they would be like, is that your brother? Oh, let's let's introduce ourselves to him as well. But what ended up happening was not that they wanted to get to know me. What ended up happening was that they asked me to hold their phone to snap a picture with them next to my brother. And that really hurt me. And I was like, wow, like they just see me as a cameraman instead of wanting to actually care about me. That was one. And then the second one is then I think it happened the next day when we went off to drop my brother's friend who he sang with um, in my brother's friend's home. And I remember his, his mom came out to see us and my brother greeted her. She responded. My mom greeted her. She responded. When I greeted her, she did not respond. And I don't know, maybe now that I think about it, she probably didn't hear me. But back then mm -hmm. I didn't think about this perspective. You know, I was just like, she, she's like everyone else. They think I'm a nobody. So I wanted, initially when I started putting out content, I did it because I wanted to prove a point and to show people that, look, I'm somebody, <laughs> I matter, and I have worth. You know, it's like, you have to notice me. That's initially what I, why I started. But then um, at one point, I think it was towards the beginning of 2019, I stopped putting out content entirely because I was like, why am I even doing this? Like, what is my actual reason behind this? And I realized my intention was actually wrong because I just wanted to prove a point to people that I mattered. I wanted to prove a point, basically. And I was like, this is not, this is not good. Like, this is not right. Let me start this thing all over again. So I stopped posting for like an entire year. And um, I think at that time, I was even in Malaysia. That's when I had just moved to Malaysia. So I stopped posting for an entire year. And I was like, let me try this again. Like, let me do this all over again. And let me see, let me do it with, for the right reasons, basically. And so that's how I started off all over again. And I started on YouTube. And the videos weren't really getting a lot of traction. They weren't getting a lot of views and so on. But I still went on to continue posting videos. And um, that is how I started all over again. Let me just see, with a better intention. And then from there, I transitioned to Instagram Reels and TikTok and then Gradually, I saw something, a pattern that worked, which is the one that people see me post on Instagram now. And I was like, this works. Let me go with this because this is reaching a lot more people. This is gaining, um, like making a bigger impact, basically. And so I stuck to that. And that's how, long story short, that's how my journey began. Talking about the fact that you realized that your intention um, behind um, your original um, reason for starting was wrong and you decided to take a step back. Um, were you getting, um, were you making impacts in, on people's lives when you had that intention of just to satisfy your, should I, is it safe enough to call it like your ego to say, yeah, was, was it, were you, do you think you were making impacts when you were just feeding your ego, your, your ego at that point? Um, 
I probably was, but not to my full potential. You know, it's like I was making a bit of an impact. Um, I remember there was even a time a kid who watched one of my videos um, wanted to even talk to me, you know, and the kid told his mom and his mom told my mom and my mom told me and she was like, no, try and talk to this kid because he really wants to talk to you. He saw one of your videos and he liked it or so on. And it was making an impact. I think any video anyone puts out could make an impact, even though it's like just 10 views and mm -hmm. one comment, you know, it's like, I'm sure it could make an impact. It's just, are you doing it for the right reason? You know, that's what it really comes down to. Because if you're not, then you're better off stopping and mm -hmm. then doing it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you do it for the wrong reason, you will be dissatisfied throughout mm -hmm. because I was dissatisfied. You know, it's like people who do it for fame, people who do it for attention and all these other things, you can't control those things necessarily because it's not like I can force someone to follow me on Instagram. You know, I can't do that. All I can do is just put out good content. Whether or not they follow me is up to them. You know, mm -hmm. whether or not they're impacted is up to you know, it's like, so it's like, I can just try my best to make an impact on their lives, but I can't force them to like follow me or to make me famous and so on. So that's, that's what I would say. When you, when you were putting out content for that reason, and when you started putting it out for the right reason, what has been the most, um, huge difference you've noticed what has been the most telling thing you've noticed um when i did it for the wrong reasons i was dissatisfied when i did it for the right reasons i was fulfilled that's literally the biggest one beautiful like it was just dissatisfaction and um satisfaction basically you know unfulfillment and fulfillment so because if you have the if you live by the wrong values you will be unhappy like if you say I'm chasing fame or I'm chasing all these bad things, you will be unhappy. If you're not unhappy now, maybe you'll be happy in the short term, but in the long term, you wouldn't be happy. But if you do it for the right reasons, you will be fulfilled. You know, you will feel content. So that's that's the biggest. Um, yeah, that's the yeah. biggest thing. Thank you very much for articulating that. Um, I really think I needed to hear that, and I think a lot of people needed to hear that. Um, so. What are you most happy and grateful for, for the journey so far? Um, I would say my growth. Because in secondary school, I had so much insecurity. Like, I know some people might see me now and might, they might think I've always been a confident person. I wasn't at all. You know, I was very, very insecure, very unconfident. I didn't know how to make friends. I didn't know how to talk to girls. I didn't... I didn't know anything like I was just a weak boy basically and everything about that sucked you know it's like life was awful for me but when I started to when I embarked on this journey of personal growth that's when things started to fall into place and I've learned so much you know since then so that's what I would say is honestly is my growth you know how much I've grown from who I used to be because that's something, yeah, that's, that's really what I would say. Yeah, fair enough. So what, are, what would you say are some of the things you know right now that you actually wish you had known before, before all of this? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I would tell myself to do it for the right reasons. 
don't yeah. do things for the wrong reasons because if you do them for the wrong reasons you will be miserable if you do it for the right reasons you will be fulfilled i think that's that'll be the main thing yeah i think the foundation is always very very important get it right yeah. from the jump and everything else exactly. will fix itself um so exactly. so now that you're actually doing it for the right reason I spent a lot of time on your page and I could tell um, you were putting out so much useful content and how people can improve their lives, tips and tricks and all of that. So I wanted to ask this question as um, what's your process of putting out content? Do you actually um, take the time to master and adopt the things you're putting out or are you also on a learning journey with your community at the same time? Hmm. Um, there's a rule that I live by, um, which is don't put out what you don't practice. And I just can't, like, sometimes I even ask my dad, like, can I talk about this if I don't do it? Like, can I tell people to eat this if I don't eat it? And he's like, no, you can't. Because if they ask you a question related to that thing, mm -hmm. would you be able to answer it? And I was like, no. And he's like, then don't do it. Because you have to speak from experience. You know, something that you are practicing when you said that, I was like, hmm, yeah, I think I'll just stick to that. And that's what I've been living by. Like, don't put out what you don't practice. So I would say that that would be how I go about that mostly. And um, yeah, yeah, I think that's how that answers the question. Yeah, that answered the question very, very, very well. But, you know, there's, are there exceptions? Because say, for example... Um, I recently just discovered that there's a huge benefit to taking cold showers, for example, oh. right? Yeah. And I am—I just started taking cold showers in the past one week. But it's, is it fair for me to say, um, hey, guys, look at this research. I just started practicing it. I think you should too. It's, it's healthy and you can look, at, look it up for yourself. There should be oh. certain exceptions like that, right? I would say that the best time to tell people like this using the cold shower example is when you start seeing the impacts because that mm. way you can say this is what i experienced because there's yeah. no timeline i won't say that you should tell them after one week i won't say you should tell them after one month or one year but until you see the impact because there was this video i was even going to um, put out i haven't yet put it out because i've not practiced that thing yet for me to put it out it's like there's this um smoothie that um i've seen I, I know the recipe it's like a combination of avocado and several other um, fruits and vegetables that helps with the brain like it actually mm -hmm. it's said to actually um is it uh is it like brain boosting smoothies like, like it helps like you with improves cognitive functions exactly yes that's exactly it but the thing is i've not been taking it and i've mm -hmm. I've, 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 I've not even made it once so i can't <laughs> talk about that you know but yeah. i would really i would really love to talk about it so when i was asking my my brother about it and I mean, my mom, my dad, I remember they said that I asked them, like, how long should I need to be, do I need to be taking this thing before I can recommend it on my page? And I was asking them, should it be one month? Should it be several months? Should it be one year? And, and they were like, when you start seeing the effects, that's when you mm -hmm. can recommend it. Because that's when you'd be like, okay, this thing did this for me. This thing did that for me, you know, and I've been taking it for this long. And then they'll be like, oh, he's been taking it for this amount of time. And he saw the effects in this amount of time. So it's like now they can see how long it took based off of your own experience. Not that you're saying that I've been doing this for one week or one month and so on. And I feel that this is, you know, it's like, it's not I feel, but more I have experienced. Like you're speaking mm. from, 
from um, experience, basically. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I, I really, really like that answer. Relating it to yourself, always going back to that is very, very important. Yeah. And you said you said something quite profound. Like, if you get asked a follow-up question, can you, like, answer that genuinely or just make up things? So, yeah, I think yeah. that's 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 very, very good. So, um, what would you say or how would you say you handle the pressure of being a shining example due to um, the kind of contents you put out and the things you and the, the kind of impact you're trying to make in the world? Do you feel that pressure every single time? Not at all, because I don't. People who have um, that pressure, I think they receive a really, really large amount of attention, and people ask them a lot of questions and. They try to live up to people's expectations, basically. Mm -hmm. Maybe not mm -hmm. all the time, but most of the time it's like that. But I'm not trying to live up to anyone's expectation of me. I'm living up to my own expectations of myself, you know, because I know that that's something that I can achieve. That's something I can reach. All I need to do is just to pick this expectation and hit it. But if it's other people's expectations, it just keeps on going up because you can't please everyone at the same time. So... I don't see myself, I don't even, to be honest, I don't even see myself as a shining example or anything like that. I just see myself as a content creator who wants to make an impact on people's lives. Because the moment I start giving myself all these labels, I start to get into my head and I become arrogant and I become self-centered and so on. And I don't like that because it's so easy to get self-centered when you get all this attention. It's so easy to get self-absorbed and arrogant. And I hate that about me. Because I want to make sure my, my ego is stable. It's not too high. It's, it's not um, too low in the sense that I'm insecure. I just want it to be stable, like at the right level. And in order to be there, occasionally I'll even remind myself that, Noreen, you're not that good. Like I'll literally tell myself, Noreen, you're not that good. So get better. You know, so mm. it keeps me on my feet, basically. Yeah. So um, now that you just said that um, sometimes you even go as far as telling yourself you're not that good just to push yourself to get better. Um, can we talk about imposter syndrome then? Is that something you've dealt with or struggled with at all? I, I feel it's something everyone has to go through. I myself included. But one thing I've learned about imposter syndrome is that when I saw this, I was actually laughing because it was like, it's such a profound perspective, which is that Imposter syndrome is something that people who are authentic experience, hmm. not imposters. Because if you think about it, real imposters don't go through imposter syndrome because they're pretending to be something they're not and they just roll with it. You don't feel yeah, anything. Narcissistic. Exactly. You know, it's like they don't care. Like I'm, I'm deceiving all these people and they will never know. I'll just keep on doing my thing. But when you go through imposter syndrome, it's like you're telling yourself, I can be more authentic or I can be better. So it's like if you go through imposter syndrome, it's actually a good thing because it's a sign that you're trying to be more authentic, right? It's not that you're a fraud because you're not a fraud. It's like you can't consider yourself a fraud unless you're doing something or you're preaching something you're not practicing. That's when you're a fraud. You know, but if you think about it, people who actually real imposters, they don't feel imposter syndrome. They just keep on deceiving people, right? They'll say five steps to making money online when they themselves did not even take those five steps. You know, it's like they'll say, get rich quick doing this thing. But they don't even, they didn't get rich quick doing that thing. They get, they got rich selling that thing to people, you know? So, um, imposter syndrome is something we all face. And if you go through it, just know that it's normal. It's, 
it's very normal. Like there's nothing wrong with it. That's what I would say. Yeah. I, I actually, I've never thought about it that way. Like, um, I understand myself when I actually feel, um, that kind of, when, when that feeling comes and I always tell mm -hmm. my, tell myself, everybody's an imposter. Um, yeah. my own way of looking at it is say, for example, you're applying for a job, right? Yep. You don't actually know exactly what it takes to be that person in that position doing that job. But every great man is an actor of his own ideal. So you're trying to get that job so you can then act like you know what you're doing. And in time, you're going to balance it out by knowing exactly what you're doing. And that's why even companies, when they hire you, you have like a provisional period. And that gives you enough time to get acclimated to the exact thing they hired you to do. That's how I've always thought about it. But I've never thought about it from the perspective of like, it's sort of like healthy to feel it because people who are doing things for the wrong reason don't actually get that feeling. And I think that was really, really profound. And I'm, I'm really glad I heard that from you. So yeah, that's, that's a very, really, really healthy way to think about it. If you're feeling that type of way, you can easily say, well, maybe I'm feeling this way because I'm genuine. I'm being genuine about what I'm doing. And I need to feel this way so I can actually overcome it, doing the right things so I don't get the same feeling every single time. So thank you very much for that. Um, but then again, you know, um, there's, do you engage in self-talk at all? Because you, you, you actually said you do, you do actually in the beginning of this conversation. So yeah. how do you manage self-talk? Self-talk in general or negative or positive? I would say, okay, how do you manage self-talk in general? And how are you able to personally distinguish mm -hmm. when you are engaging in negative self-talk and positive self-talk? Um, self-talk in general is like, I converse with myself a lot because I like to run ideas in my head. Like sometimes I'll talk to someone, have a conversation with someone, and then I'll ask myself, the way I handled that conversation, did it make sense? How do mm -hmm. I improve? You know, it's like mm -hmm. I'm assessing myself literally all the time. So my self-talk is quite good in general. But sometimes it can get a bit too extreme. Like today, I like normally every morning I wake up around 7, like 7 a.m., um, but today I woke up around 8.30 and I started criticizing myself for waking up that late because I'm like, come on, Marine, you can't. And I'm the same guy who talks about waking up early and so on. And I was like, you can't do that. Like, you should you should be a lot more disciplined. You should be a, mo a lot more this and that. But then I just shut my mind up by saying, yeah, but I'm human. We're not meant to be perfect. You know, we're meant to occasionally make mistakes. And even the thing about people is that you can preach about so many things online, but you have to try to practice those things as much as possible because there are some days that you may not be able to practice them, but that doesn't make you a hypocrite because a lot of people would think, because I say, don't press news or try to wake up or try to do cold showers every day, they would think if I miss a cold shower just once, it means that I'm a hypocrite, but no. It's like that's, it's human nature for these things to happen. You know, it's the striving to be that thing that you say. That is what matters. You know, you don't have to be this perfect robot because it's only a robot that, that can do everything it says it's going to do. Right? Humans yeah, are yeah. not like that. We can't, we, can't do, we can't always follow through with every single thing because things come up, basically. So it's the striving that I try to 
keep um, at the top of my mind. And I tell myself, Green, look, you you will not get every day right, um, but there's always something good every day. Try to celebrate that. You know, is it the fact that you did this or the fact that you completed this other project? Look for the good in every day because there is good. No matter how much people think um, the life is, life may not be um, good. Like a lot of people might say that they're dealing with this and dealing with that. And I understand that. But another perspective that people often miss is that, look, I'm still alive. You know, I still have a fan about me. I still have people who care about me. So it's more of a gratitude um, practice, basically. Like just change that perspective and it could really have a big impact. I'm not saying that that's a solution to everyone's problem, but it's just a perspective that would help you feel better. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's very very important. Um, it's it's so hard sometimes, and you you bet you really look at um, like growth on a graph. Let's say companies yeah. putting out like quarterly growths or yearly or whatever, you barely see it just go straight up. That's that's almost impossible. There are times yeah. where it's up and down, but as long as the trajectory is continually going upwards, then you're doing something right. Like yeah. even when you're working out, some days like your body even says, "Man, you can't just don't do it." Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Because and if you end up going against that, you might end up regretting it because you might get some kind sure. of injury or the rest. So yeah, it's sure. it's, it's okay. So. What would be your actual advice for people who um, engage in self negative self-talk and maybe how they can actually learn to manage it or even overcome it? Well, for very, the very first thing I would say is that acknowledge that you're human, that you make mistakes. You're not meant to be perfect. And because the reason a lot of us tend to feed ourselves with negative talk is when things don't go according to plan whether it's our own goals or whether someone criticizes us, um, <coughs> excuse me, the first thing we do is we insult ourselves for not doing that thing we said, excuse me, we said we're going to do, or we insult ourselves because this other person insulted us. You know, like this person would say that you're stupid and you'd be like, yes, I am definitely stupid. Like you'd be telling yourself that this person is right. I'm stupid. And I'm like, no, wait, like just slow down. Like don't be so quick to conclude that whatever this person said is right, or the fact that you did not do something you said you would is why you're a loser or why you're a failure in life. So literally, if I'm going to put that in simple terms, is be easy on yourself because we're not meant to be perfect. What makes human beings unique is the fact that we're imperfect. You know, if we were perfect, this world would be the most boring place to exist because there's nothing fun about it, right? It's like, okay, every person is this perfect ideal human being. What's, what's so exciting about that? So what I'll say is really be easy on yourself. You're, you're a human being, you know, whatever it is, whatever is causing you to insult yourself, acknowledge that yes, it's all part of human nature. You know, it's like that you are like, even thinking negative is in part of human nature. Just don't let these thoughts define your life. Like there's a saying that one bad day doesn't equal a bad life. You know, one mistake does not equal or just because uh -huh, just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure. Just because you screwed up doesn't mean you're a screw up. You know, these are just things that happen and things happen. You know, um, don't dwell too much on it and don't define your entire life based off of just that thing. Yeah, a lot of um, engaging in so much negative self-talk as I think to me is what makes me depressed sometimes myself. 
And um, I wanted to ask, do you think you've struggled or battled with depression at all? No, I haven't. And the reason is because I know what depression is in the sense that the way people have defined it. Interesting. You, you don't... Like, I, I've heard a lot of celebrities, because celebrities go through depression a lot. Like, people mm-hmm. see them thinking they're all they're, they're happy all the time. They're not. Many of them, till today, are dealing with so much. Mm-hmm. So, I've heard people talk about it, and I think someone defined it. I can't remember. Um, I think it was Jim Carrey that defined depression, and he said that it's when you're, like, numb. You can't feel at all. And there's nothing is, like... You're in a dark tunnel and you just can't get out. Like there's no light at the end of it, basically. And when you define that, I was like, wow, I don't know what that is like. I've been miserable. I've been really, really miserable in secondary school. Like most of my time there, I was miserable because I was trying to fit in. People didn't like me. And I mean, that was that was really um, the lowest point of my life. But I was not depressed because I could feel happiness. I could feel things back then. You know, sometimes, let's say I would, there's a guy maybe in my class that I found to be cool or I saw to be cool. And one day he just walks up to me and he talks to me and he's like, yo, Nren, I saw the thing you did that day. That was pretty cool. For the rest of the day, I would be happy. I would literally be happy because I'm like, oh my God, this guy actually thought I was cool. You know, Mm -hmm. that's literally how low my, let, let me just say how low of a point I was at. Um, but I was not depressed. I was miserable, but not depressed. So that's why if you notice on my page, I've never shared five tips to overcoming depression or mm. um, reminders if you're depressed because I've not even gone through it. So who am I to talk about it? So that's what I would say. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, which is practice. I mean, preach what you actually practice, like talk about things that you've experienced, not things that you just want to talk about to make yourself look smart. You know, so that's, that's, yeah, I've not, I've never experienced that. Yeah. So given all your struggle with people initially, like when you said, when you were in high school and, you know, you felt a lot of people didn't like you, you couldn't talk to girls or you couldn't talk to a lot of people. How would you say your relationship now is with people? I would say it's much, it's a lot better, but it's still not perfect because I'm still working on my communication skills because I'm literally the hardcore introvert i don't associate with people a lot i feel very uncomfortable when i'm in like social anxiety basically i feel Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable when i'm in groups like i'm the type of person that would rather talk to a thousand people than Mm -hmm. be in in a thousand people like a crowd of a thousand people that makes me because i don't know how to stand honestly speaking this may sound weird but i don't know how to stand out yeah, it's like, that's that's literally me. I don't know how to stand, how to, like, should I put my hands in my pocket? Can I use my phone? Like, how do I navigate this social setting? And I'd rather just be in front of everyone and because that way I know I'll practice what to say. I'll know what to say and so on. But if I'm in a crowd of a thousand people, I need to come up with something on the spot. Like, if someone comes up to me, I'll need to come up with a conversation on the spot. And that's a bit, at times, it can be daunting for me. And that's something I'm still trying to, like, it was a lot, it's a lot better than it was in the past. I'm not saying that I would freeze and I would have nothing to talk about, but it's a lot better than it was in the past because in the past it was very um, bad. Like I just could not handle social settings at all. So people is, 
I'd say right now that is my even my number one struggle. Something I'm still trying to navigate and fully understand, which is how do I and like how do I fully understand people? Like I'm trying to understand people really, and that's uh, yeah, that's that's it mostly. So do you mind actually sharing some of the things you're doing that is helping you out in a positive way overcome this? Putting myself in situations that involve people. Because running away from your, free, your, from your fears will not help you in any way. Running towards them will. So I put myself in situations where I actually have to face these uncomfortable things. I go and network with people. I go and meet people that I'm not necessarily close friends with. But then I just go, you know, I just go and I'm like, all right, Noreen, you're in the spot. Because you learn way more from experience than from learning. Like you, you can read 100 books on how to interact with people. But you learn a lot more if you were to go and meet people. So books are good. Like I'm a voracious reader. I love to read books. I read books every single day. Um, but I learn way more from experience than from just reading someone else's experience. Because that's what books are. Books are just a person or if it's like two people that wrote it, it's just a group of people's perspective on something. Like, yeah, but where's your own? Like, aren't you going to get your own experience too in, in real life instead of reading someone else's? So what I do is I put myself in situations where I have to figure out exactly how to navigate that. And it's been good for me. Like, it's, I've, seen, I've seen a bit of progress. Um, I'm still not the best at it, but it gets better every day. Yeah, I'm glad you're, you're moving forward with that. And like I always say, I'm rooting for you. So um. Given the fact that you talked about your hardcore introverts and you've had struggles, you know, interacting with people all your life, how do you, and I'm asking this question because I know a lot of people who may be listening, may be going through the same experience. So I guess my question would be, how do you then go about figuring out how to trust people or who to trust? Um, it's so hard for me to trust people. Very hard because sometimes people end up doing what you don't expect them to. Like in my life, there are very, very few people I rely on, you know, because whenever, especially when it comes to goals, like goals of your own, people don't understand how important that goal is because it's not their own goal, it's yours. So whenever I say I want this thing done by this time or by this day, People don't usually get it done by that time or by that day because it's not their goal. It's not their passion. It's mine. So what I've come to realize is that, when, especially when it comes to trusting people, is that you have to make sure that you can, like you're self-sufficient, basically. Because people, yes, people do help. They make things a lot easier. And um, you will move a lot faster you know, when, you, when, when you're with people. Because there's that saying, if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together and i talk wholeheartedly i agree with that and i would want to go with people but when it comes to trusting people i would say that i'm not that quick to trust people and what i do is like i lit i literally give people space to give me a reason to trust them i'm like okay now i know you i'm not gonna say i don't trust you yet i'm just gonna give you like benefit of the doubt like and that's going to last for a while Till you consistently keep doing things that give me a reason to trust you. Because if you consistently do things that give me a reason to trust you, that's when I'll be like, okay, this person seems like a trustworthy person and I can, and I can trust them. But even when I trust someone, I never trust someone 100% because, you know, people can still turn. 
you know, at any moment. There are people that um, I know in my life that my family has trusted for many years just for them to just screw up after the 10th year or the 15th year. And I'm like, but, you, but you've been good. Like, what, how, how did this happen? So I never trust people 100%. I trust them, like, maybe, let's say, 90%. But even that 90%, that's after, I've give, uh, that's after they, they've given me enough of a reason to trust them. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, well, that's 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 really difficult. But do you then go about um, giving people the same grace you often give yourself by saying you're just human and acknowledging the fact that people are just people sometimes? What do you mean? Um, saying sometimes somebody might not intentionally mean to disappoint you or to let you down. Maybe they are dealing with their own stuff and right. trying to navigate around what they're going through and then yeah. bringing you in sometimes might be a little bit overwhelming for people. Um, sometimes I, I think there was, there was a friend, um, for an old friend of mine who she said that, um, I think she, she, she actually said it as a joke. And one thing about me is that if you don't trust me, I don't see how we can be friends. Like okay. literally. And what she said was that I'm not a man of my word. And she said that jokingly. And why she said that was because I would sometimes call her on the phone. Um, and sorry, I would tell her that I would call her, but I wouldn't. Yeah. And what actually happens is not that I don't call her. It's that I do call her, but the call doesn't go through. You know, sometimes the call is like the signal mm-hmm. interrupts. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go through. And she doesn't see anything on her call log. But on my end, I can clearly see that I did call this person. So like there was a time she said that I'm not a matter of my word. And the moment she said that, she literally just like from my end, she just destroyed that friendship. And I sent her a long message explaining to her that, look, I really... Like basically what I was saying was that I can't, we, we can't be friends anymore because you clearly don't trust me because that thing bothers me. Like if you don't trust me, why are we friends? Because trust is the foundation for every relationship. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to tr- like, sometimes it can be hard for me to trust people and I can, I can, I'll be honest. Sometimes I can even be too harsh with cutting people out because I expect them to give me the benefit of of the doubt because I have nothing to gain if I betray your trust. If I betray someone, like if someone trusts me and I betray them, to be honest, it's like I'll even be more bothered than they would be because that's how my values are. Like they would feel betrayed, but I would be honest with, I'll tell them, look, I actually feel worse than they do, which is why I don't even betray people's trust because I know I'll feel worse because I'll be like, wow, I literally just let this person down in the most awful way. Like I just betrayed this person's trust. This person has trusted me for this long and I betrayed them. What I do is I, first off, I put myself in their shoes and I put myself in my own shoes. And I'm like, on this end, I screwed up big time. On the other end, I wonder what they're thinking. You know, it's like, imagine if someone had done that to me. So it's like, I just avoid that, you know, avoid such situations in the first place. And I try to, um, like right now, I'm still working on that. If I'm going to be honest, I'm still working on giving people the benefit of the doubt instead of being so extreme, <laughs> you know, like cutting them off. Yeah. We, yeah. That's, I need to work on that too. Um, which is another reason why I don't have a lot of friends because I cut people off fast. Like the moment I see that you're not good, I'm like, well, I can't do this. Like, I'm not gonna, 
uh, risk that. So my question would be to that is, do you cut people off because you don't like conflict? Like, do you, is it hard for you to have difficult conversations with people? Um, not, not exactly. It's not, it's not necessarily that. I mean, I cut people off when they disappoint me. That's, mm -hmm. and I have, I can have quite high expectations of people, which is why I don't have a best friend because I know that I would be miserable right now because they will not meet any of my expectations. So what mm -hmm. I do is I just have no expectations of people. Like even on my birthday, I even hope all of my friends forget so that it's not really a big deal. You know, it's like, just forget about it. Like no one wish me a happy birthday, no nothing like that. Let's just, um, let's just forget about it. Let's just move on with our lives. Um, but having a difficult conversation, it's uncomfortable for me. Very, very uncomfortable. I don't enjoy having it, but I try to force myself to have them because they are important. You know, funny enough, even though this might sound like a contradiction, but having difficult conversations, even though they might seem to hurt the relationship, they are what strengthen the relationships, you know? And so having them is important, even though they're very, very uncomfortable. And um, I need to get comfortable having them, even though they're very uncomfortable. So yeah, that's, yeah. For the difficult conversation parts, and this is why I was asking this question is like, it's easy to cut to to cut off people, like you said, who are not, um, who are just acquaintances, right, yeah. or just friends. So, but how do you go about managing being disappointed from people you can cut off, like family, like maybe a romantic relationship and things like that? So, because that difficult conversation is like it needs to be had. I think. Um, as adults, we need to get really, really comfortable to, uh, about having difficult conversations. So I guess my, I guess my question would be, if, if someone who's just an acquaintance does something that annoys you, gets you to the point of wanting to cut that person off, how do you handle that same situation with someone you can't necessarily just cut off? I would say that, first of all, I have no expectations of people because that way it's very less likely people will disappoint you like i expect nothing from from family i don't even expect like when it comes to expectations i don't even expect to be loved in i know people might see that as like what do you mean by that and what i mean is that my expectation for people is you i don't expect people to care about me i don't expect anything from anyone i just do what i can and i like whatever i get in return cool you know but i don't have any expectations of people because when I expect things from family members, from friends, and from all these other people, and they don't meet those expectations, I get mad at them. Like, I get really upset with these people. And when I get upset with them, it could end up affecting that relationship. But if you think about it, they did not do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. they just, like, they literally did not do anything wrong. They just did what they wanted to do. And... I'm the one that's just choosing to get upset with them over an expectation that they did not meet. And sometimes an expectation that I did not even tell them to meet. You know, it's like they don't even know to meet those expectations, but I'm here getting upset with them. So what I've decided to do is like, I expect nothing from people. I just do. I just, yeah. Um, is this something you, you have had a conversation with, with like a professional like therapy at all? I've actually never gone to therapy. 
not even once. And um, it's because the thing about my family is we're so open with each other. My mom just, I don't say she's a therapist, but I could say that she comes close because she's, she has counseled so many people. Um, she's a marriage, like that's what she's, she's, she's a marriage counselor. And she normally gives me advice as well. Like, Rain, you should go about this like this. It'll be nice if you go about this like that. My dad, same thing. Um, so yeah, I haven't never, I've never been to therapy. It's something I've been thinking about though. Like what, what, what will that experience be like? But, um, and here in Nigeria, like a lot of people say that, I don't know how it really is, but every time I talk to people about, um, therapists in Nigeria, they're always like, my therapist isn't really that good. Like someone even funny enough, someone even left a comment on my Instagram that I've been more impactful to them than their therapist has. And when I saw that, I was like, huh, that is not like, it's, uh, one of those weird compliments that you would actually be more concerned about than be flattered about because I'm like, well, that means that your therapist is really not good and therapists are not delivering. So yeah, that's. Um, I guess skeptical about things like that because it's like what are people's expectations of what a therapist should be a therapist should be I think that's the ultimate question because maybe people go into that engagement hoping all their problems will be taken away sort of like religion sometimes when people go to church right or when people go to practice whatever religion they practice you know some people have this mindset that when i just go here everything in my life will just be fixed so i think that's why i'm very very skeptical about things like that and i'm not saying they're not terrible therapists out there i'm not saying that but i'm also saying maybe people's expectations or what they think therapy is 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 very very different so i would i would say that but I'll I'll just encourage you to be to have an open mind towards um maybe therapy and I don't know we can talk about it um later on maybe I can recommend a couple of people to you may if you if you're you interested though because I actually I'm a very strong believer in therapy and having your mom like you rightly said and having that open conversation I think is very very important um my mother was a great great impact in my life and um she created a situation whereby we could actually talk and have conversations in the house and it was very very open but then again um it's a way different experience when you're talking to um like a therapist someone you don't know because there are some things that you may not necessarily want to say in a family setting or you don't know how to best articulate it and you might be holding yourself back because if i say it some type of way she might interpret it in all that type of way. So I don't know, just keep an open mind to therapy and maybe that's something we can actually talk about. Um, moving forward, um, what steps do you actually take to take care of your mental health when it comes to self-care? Because you're a very huge advocate of um, self-care. Well, when it comes to self-care, actually, there are so many steps you can take. Like for me, something I've been doing is like journaling. I've been journaling for quite a while and I have to say it's, it's been huge my mental health like very very big um writing down your thoughts is one of the most because people think they can process their thoughts by thinking about them but that's not how thoughts work if you want to process them either share it with someone else or actually write them down because mm -hmm. when you write them down you have clarity you actually know what the problem is but if you're thinking about your thoughts it's like they're still up there there's no it's not organized 
you know, it's like it's still a mess up there. But if you bring it down on paper, that is something that really, really helps people. That's one way. Um, that's one thing I do for self-care. Another thing is I'm mindful of my thoughts, like the kind of things that I say to myself internally. Um, and I think we already spoke about that earlier, which is yeah. I, acknowledge, I acknowledge that I'm human and I'm not too hard on myself. Another way I go about self-care is like saying no to people. Hmm. Um, like when people ask me for stuff, I, by default, I always say no. Like I literally start by saying no. Um, or I tell them that give me some time to think about this, just for me to end up saying no. And the reason for that is because it most of those things that they ask me for doesn't benefit me at all. Not that I say no to every single thing I'm told, but there, there are certain things that clearly do not benefit me. And because I'm no more, because I used to be a people pleaser. If you're a people pleaser, you will automatically say yes. You'll be like, yes, 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 I'll do this, I'll do this. Just for you to end up overwhelmed with like 10 things you don't want to do. So what I do is I look at this thing and I'm like, would this thing benefit me in any way? No. Then why am I doing it? Unless it's someone that I really care about who wants my help. But if it's a total stranger, because someone once told me to brush through her book, like it was a memoir about her. And mm -hmm. she told me to brush through the entire book. And the book was like 90 pages or so. And back then, I didn't know that saying no was a self-care act. So I ended up saying yes. And when I reached um, page 13, I actually had a headache because of how frustrating reading that book was. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't, like, the grammar, there were so many mistakes. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. So I just contacted the person. I was like, look, I hit page 18. What I'll say is, this is what I've, I've observed. Here you go. You do. And then she was like, oh, thank you, thank you. And I was like, never again. I'm never doing that again. Like, I'll always say no to people's um, requests and so on. Um, unless I know that it's going to benefit me in some way or it's from someone I care about. Another way I go about self-care is by challenging myself. And people might wonder, what does that have to do with self-care? What is challenging yourself and self-care? Self-care is just about caring for your own growth and your own development. And if you challenge yourself by doing things you're not comfortable with, like talking to strangers, I had, I was so uncomfortable talking to strangers once upon a time that my body would actually like shake not wow. physically but like internally like i would actually be so uncomfortable I'd start sweating because it wasn't a comfortable um procedure for me so um that was one thing i would do like talking to strangers talking to girls too that was very uncomfortable speaking in front of large audiences that's something else i tried to do um taking cold showers too that's very uncomfortable but something i've been doing for quite a while that i enjoy doing actually and there've been other things that I do to challenge myself because these all align with my own growth and my own development because growth doesn't happen inside of your comfort zone. It happens outside of it. And so you have to make sure that you're trying to stretch yourself outside of it on a regular basis. So that's what I, that's what I, um, excuse me, that's what I do. So, yeah. Yeah. You just encourage people to get out of their, their comfort zone and try things and try positive new things and see how that can actually move their lives forward. And that's very, very important. So yeah. I, and speaking on that, I saw a post where you talked about, um, we have 24 hours in a day and sometimes it seems like it's just not enough. And you talked about, um, maybe, um, we spend our time doing things that are unnecessarily or that don't serve us in any way, shape, or form. So I guess um, my question would be, um, 
how do you advise somebody on how to like um, focus on the right task to actually that is very very important for them or, or rather I would say how would you advise people to achieve or to obtain focus which is very very important achieve focus yeah you mean like to be focused how do you how do you go about focusing on a simple task that you want to achieve because sometimes it's almost impossible for some people to sit still and see something through so um it comes down to what you want to achieve in your life and then to start prioritizing things because a lot of us have like let's say 10 goals and we go after all of them on the same day at the same time and what mm -hmm. that does is like you're making no pro you're basically making no progress because you're just confusing yourself and overwhelming yourself um, at the same time. So what I'll tell people to do is to prioritize your goals. Like which ones do you want to achieve first? Like, is it this one, this one, this one, just pick one. When you pick that one, push the rest aside and only focus on that one. When it's time to work, remove all of your distractions. Do not multitask, just focus on one task and one task alone. And it's a lot easier for you to, just doing this, just this, honestly mm -hmm. would help people tremendously. Because if you keep focusing on like 10 things at once, you will make little to no progress at all. So what I'll tell people is focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. yeah. Um, on, on the same post where you talked about um, um, where you were engaging with your community and asking how they were doing, you talked about the fact that you don't chase or you don't go after happiness rather you 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 try to find meaning in your life so can you talk about um the difference between happiness and meaning um that's a good question meaning for me is what brings fulfillment you know meaning is making the world a better place you know meaning is making people's lives better that is what i define as meaning making an impact on the world while happiness is more of a selfish thing, like I know a lot of people will be like, no, it's not, it's not necessarily, like it can be done together. But the way I see happiness is, especially in my own life, is every time I feel happy, it's always followed by a crash. Like I actually feel something happens that ruins that happiness. So what I normally aim for instead is like contentment or fulfillment or meaning, which is something that brings lasting peace of mind which is what i'm after i don't want to be happy what i want is to be content i'm an, and, I, and i am content so it's not like i'm striving to be content i know the formula for being content which comes from two things really one is making the world a better place and then two being grateful so that's what where i find my own contentment from and every time i practice gratitude and i thank god for everything that i've received in my own life it keeps me humble and it reminds me that, look, you're very, very fortunate. Even where, where I live right now, there's a building, our neighbors, um, on our, on the, like, it's just next to our house. And that building is incomplete. Like, there's no roof. It's still, you can still see the bricks. Like, there's no paint on top. There are no windows. Like, you can see the window, like, where the window is supposed to be, but there's no window. And people live there. You know, it's like, there's an entire family that lives there. And I'm like, Rain, who are you to complain? about anything in life like these people they, at night they use um the torch from their phone like they use the light from their phone to navigate the space because they can't see they don't have lamps they don't have electricity i don't even know how they get water so i look at them and i'm always like wow 
Like, look at this family. Who am I to complain? What? What? I have light. You know, I have all these other opportunities, like all and all these other resources. How can I possibly complain about anything? So, that's what I would say. So, back to the question: um, the difference between meaning and happiness. Um, meaning is more fulfillment, while happiness is more like temporary, just temporary joy. I mean, that's in my opinion and how it's been for me. Um, so yeah. Yeah, you talked about your mom being um, um, a, um, a marriage counselor, a relationship expert, right? And um, I'm sure you would have gotten a lot of advice and tips from her over the years. And before I even ask this question, because my question is, um, what is what do you think is the key to a successful romantic relationship? I'll first have uh, first like to ask this question because you talked about um, difficulties talking to girls earlier on in your life. Um, is it fair enough for me to ask how your relationship is now with women and are you romantically involved in any relationship with a, with a girl or something? I, I like, it's a lot better than it used to be in the sense that I was extremely insecure around girls and stuff like that. And I didn't know how to navigate all of that. I had to keep on asking people and reading books about it. And that's how I was like, okay, what I can realize is that talking to girls is a lot harder than people think it is. It's actually okay. a lot easier. All you have to be is literally like, if there's any guy out there who might end up watching this podcast or listening to it, you just like what I would say, because I remember asking my brother once advice because he was a lot better talking to girls. He's a friendly person. He's an ex, he's more extroverted than I am. And I was like, how do you go about it? And he said, just do it. Like, don't overthink it. Just do it. Just walk up to them. And I was like, huh. And so even in Malaysia, what I can't realize is that if you want to talk to anyone, all you have to do is first establish eye contact with them. Okay. Like just look at them. And if, and how I normally go about it is like, I look at them, I smile and I nod at them. If they smile back and they nod at me, I approach them and I just start a conversation. Like I just talk about anything I want to feel like talking about. And that's usually how I, I go about that. But if they look at me back and they just look away immediately, I'm like, okay, then I guess they're not, they don't want to talk to me. Yeah, so, they're not interested. They're not interested. So normally that's how I started to go about that. And um, another thing is people think, <clears throat> excuse me, like the first few things you see in the conversation have to be perfect because you know how they say imp um, first impressions matter, first impressions matter. And you can start the conversation by asking them basic questions, like those typical, where are you from? What are you studying? And all those other basic questions. People think you have to have these, a list of perfect questions to ask. I'm like, no, when you want to start, because if you keep thinking about all the perfect questions to ask them, it might sound scripted. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you go up to them and you're like, um, so what do you think about this other... Is, is, what, it's, it's not an interview. You know, it's like it's not an interrogation. Like, just relax. <laughs> because if you're uncomfortable, they would know. And they would feel uncomfortable and they would not exactly. want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So you have to just talk about anything. Like, if it's something boring, start there. Then from there, you can go up. Because what you're looking for in conversation is commonalities. That's what you have in common with them. And the moment you find that, it's a lot easier for you guys to just keep chatting. Are you guys studying the same course? Did you guys grow up in the same place? Like in um, when I was in Malaysia, I'll say that it was a lot harder for me to talk to girls than it is here in Nigeria. If it's here in Nigeria, the fact that we're both Nigerian, I already have so much to talk to you about. 
Like mm-hmm. I have so much. I need to, even while I'm even talking, I'll even need to control myself and limit the number of things I talk about so I don't, so we don't spend too many hours here talking. But back yeah. there, it's like I'm trying to even understand your culture. You know, it's like you're from, let's say, let's just go with a place like Russia, for instance. You're from Russia. I don't know anything about Russia. And I'm sure you might not know much about Nigeria. So how do we even go about this conversation? So that's just something that I observed. Um, and then romantically, because of where I am right now, I just said no. Because I don't have um, the patience to be in a romantic relationship right now. It'll be a very, very time-consuming for me. And based off of what I'm working towards, that will literally just be a distraction right now. And I, what I would want is I would want to be able to give her my 100%. Not that I'll be dedicating 50% of my time to you know, it's like this business that I'm running and 50% of my time to her. What I would want to do instead is like, first off, let me get this business off the ground and running. Or let me get these other projects that I'm working on off the ground and running. And then while I know that, okay, they are fine, all I need to put is maybe a minimum amount of effort to run them. Then I can focus on this other person who I'm in a relationship with. But if I just say that I want to focus on both at the same time, one of them would have to collapse and it will often end up being this relationship because if this business collapses and you're in a relationship but you have nothing to like keep you financially stable and so on it's only a matter of time before the relationship falls apart as well so what i would say is that folk like for me not that every guy out there has to have that mindset but for me what i do is i focus on my finances and being financially stable because that's so important when it's when you get into a relationship, especially as a guy. As a woman, she has a choice. Like if she wants to work or if she doesn't want to work, like that's really up to her. But for a guy, it's like you have to. You have to be the provider. You have to be the one um, working. So that's what I'm focused on right now. Um, have you ever thought about it from the perspective whereby um, maybe some women or having a woman in your life can actually help even take your business to the next level or help you achieve certain goals that you're trying to get to? Have you ever thought about it from that perspective at all? To be honest, I haven't really. But now that you bring it up, um, the thing is, a lot of the women that I've met are not ambitious. The people, especially the women in my life, they're not ambitious. And even if they are ambitious, they're ambitious on a path that's literally the total opposite of mine. Because I'm not following the typical societal path, which is go to school, get a job, die, basically. You know, so I'm, mm-hmm. excuse me, I'm not into that. What I'm into is like being a rebel, going against the societal norm and doing what I actually want to do. I, in my life, I don't know a single woman. <clears throat> I honestly don't know a single woman who's, who has that kind of mindset. And I don't want to force her to think like me and do what I want to do, you know. And what you just mentioned makes a lot of sense. And I know that there are a lot of women out there who could help me. But it's just, first off, finding them is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one. And two, they will probably already be in a relationship with someone else who's also ambitious, who's also, who they're, they're already supporting. So it's like, who's this guy who just came out of nowhere? Who, who's this asking for my own support when I'm already, you know, so, yeah. Do you actually um, believe in, um getting um 
getting back from the universe what you put out to the universe in terms of let me i butchered that but let me say it this way actually what i mean is for me the one thing that has always worked for me is for example when i set out to do something um if i open my mind to it the universe kind of shows me a way or gives me a path mm. to achieving that thing if i genuinely want that so maybe sometimes like speaking about romantic relationship like we're talking about right now maybe having that mind like okay maybe i'm open to it and i'll just see how it goes maybe that can be the simple reason why you do meet someone who's ambitious and who would ground you and help support you in any way towards achieving your goal even push you towards achieving your goal because trust me there are so many wonderful women women out there your mother is one of them you can reach you know so it's like having that mindset of maybe i'm open to meet meeting someone who's amazing and who's incredible maybe that's that sometimes can just be the same the fine line between meeting that person and not meeting that person so maybe think about it from that perspective sometimes because that that does happen because there's there's also um a typical pathway for what you're trying for people who have the mindsets that you have sometimes it's like some men um are totally and completely focused and I'm, I'm not saying men shouldn't be on their finances their income of achieving and becoming something and at the end of the day at the end of the day they go through all that process right and when it's time for them to quote unquote settle down or find someone they end up still meeting the wrong person or still settling for the wrong person mm-hmm. and maybe there were times whereby they should have had an, an amazing relationship with someone and they overlooked it simply because they say oh i'm not just focused on that i'm heading towards somewhere and sometimes if we are to even make it a little bit okay let's just say maybe the universe is actually presenting someone who's good for you right now and you're not looking at it from that perspective and you think you have to get to this place or be in this situation in order for you to engage in said relationship and when you're ready that person is already off the table so most of the times like you rightly said like um maybe if there are women like that they are already caught up in another relationship with someone maybe um the person they are caught up with had the mindset of like okay let's see you through you're such an amazing person you'll be a blessing to me let's keep moving forward and that's why they actually have that person who's ambitious and who's quote unquote good good for them so i mean it is it is it is possible for me to find someone like that um i'm not saying that it's not and to be honest i, I remember even cousins of mine telling me the same thing you you, you just said which is I mean, if you have this mindset of work 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 believe me when you are ready for marriage you'd end up with not necessarily the, the person you would have wanted to have gotten married to because right now it's like you might have let's say options like let, let's say for instance it's like you have this person this person this person it's like you have people to choose from who have good personalities when you get a lot older it's like you won't necessarily it won't necessarily be like that you yeah. know and you would have missed opportunities to meet these same people because the older you get it's like a guy can get married like pr- pr- practically whenever, but women have a biological clock. So mm-hmm. they're in a rush, you know, like they're in a rush to get married. Like they, they want to get married a lot sooner than you. So when you are ready, that doesn't mean they, um, they would even be available by then. They, they could probably have even had kids by then when you're ready with someone else, you know? And so that was something else that they pointed out. And I was like, that's actually a good perspective. Um, 
funny, it's like more of a contradiction for me. It's like the two perspectives that I'm still trying to sort out. On one end, I know that I want to give her my 100%. And I know that if I can focus right now, I'll be able to do that when I'm ready and then give her my 100%. But on the other hand, I don't want to go down the path of just, you know, it's like work, 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 and then miss all these opportunities and all these good people that I could have gotten married to. So that's literally what I would say. Trust me, there are, there, are so, there are so many amazing women out there. Trust me when I say it. So many. I work with, um, I work with a lot of amazing people. And they, I, I would say it's, it's even surprising that, you know, more women actually, uh, in the West actually, more women actually stay in school than men these days, right? It's, it's, it's changing. More women are actually... Um, it's it's fifty fifty now in the workspace, right? Mm -hmm. Women are way ambitious than we actually think or actually know right now because they also are changing the narrative of um, I'm a woman, so I just have to wait for a man who's going to come take care of me. The women of this generation they don't buy into that mindset at all. <laughs> like what so for what so they also want to put themselves in a position whereby they can actually make the choice of like I'm not going to get married to this person or settle for this person simply because he has the resources. But um, I know he's not a good fit for me. I can't stand this person or whatnot. Women yeah. actually want to put themselves in the position to actually make choices for themselves moving forward in their lives. So. Mm. Um, it's all good. We're, we're going to figure it out. Like you said, it's, yeah. uh, it's constant progression. And, um, and also you just, you really, really, I, I'm very, very sure if you ask your father also, he will tell you, you have, then you have to really get lucky to meet an amazing woman in your life also, because there's no perfect formula to it. There's yeah. really no perfect formula to it. So yeah, let's move forward. Um, like a guide for young people rounding up this conversation. Um, you, you talked about, um, trying to um, put in the work, grind to get to where you're going to. And you talked about finding meaning in your life and not chasing happiness and the rest of it. So what advice would you actually give people of how to um, find fulfillment in their life and in so doing also positively impact their, um, their immediate environment, which is something you're rightfully doing right now? What advice would you give to young people? To be honest, I think it will really come down to what that person the kind of legacy they want to leave behind. Um, because if I say that you should all do what I'm doing, it will be very, very um, unfair of me to do because this is what's bringing me fulfillment, like mm -hmm. creating content and sharing it online. Not everyone wants to create content and share it online. Yeah, yeah. So I would, yeah. So what I would tell them is really take the time out to figure out the kind of legacy you want to leave behind. What kind of person do you wish to be? Or what kind of, what do you want people to say when you're gone? When you have that clarity, it's like such questions are the kind of questions that they should ask themselves. When they have that clarity, starting from today, they should align. They should make sure that their decisions align with that goal or who they want to be. Because if they do that, it's a lot easier for them to achieve fulfillment because they will be acting in alignment with the kind of life that they want and who they want to be. Instead of just following what this random influencer said, is the key to so-called fulfillment, you know? So it's left for them to decide that. I don't want to say that, do this, this is step one to finding fulfillment, this is step two. No, it's like, take the time out to figure it out. What does a fulfilled life look like to you? And how can you start taking steps towards achieving that from today? That's what I'll say. Amen, amen to that. That's, that's some great advice. But then again, um, 
one one of the things I try to do so much on this on this podcast is try to even out the playing field, even if I know it's almost impossible. But in my head, there's this thing about okay, um, let's put everything on the table and try and like you know don't leave every don't leave any stone unturned. And my next question to that would be, um, is it, uh, this question actually came as an inspiration of um a video I saw that you put up. You talked about um most parents would support their their kids in anything and in any way except allow that child become themselves and exhibit themselves and become who they truly want to be. So as much as we talk about um young people should figure out what they want to do and make steps towards achieving that. Um what advice would you give to parents on how to instead of impose their will on their children, but rather help that child um, to become the best version of themselves and express themselves in the world and in so doing, rightfully take their place in the world? Unfortunately, this is not a question I can answer because you remember when I mentioned earlier that I'd rather practice, I would, I'd rather preach the things I practice. If I had a child, if I had children and had mm-hmm. raised them, I would, I, would, I would be able to answer this immediately. But because I'm not a parent, I don't know what it's like to raise kids. And I can tell my, my parents have told me that it's not an easy, it's very, very difficult. I really can't say that they should do this or they should do that because even that um, quote that I shared, I remember it, it wasn't my quote at all. It was something I read on the internet. And I was like, this sounds very, like it'll, it'll resonate with a lot of people. Um, and that's why I just posted it online. And that is something that like, that is a fact. Like parents do do that. But what a lot of us tend to miss is that the reason parents do that at times, because sometimes they do it because they want the kids to do what they want, the parents want. And it's like, no, you're not going to pursue this dream. You're going to go to law school or you're going to go and study medicine. You're not going to do what you want. There's that one where it's like a selfish thing. And there's also the other one where it's like they want their, their kids to be successful so they can brag about it to their friends. You know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, my, my, my son, he's a first-class student. He's the one winning all these, or my daughter is doing all of this. There's that one. But then, on the other hand, sometimes parents don't want the kids to pursue those dreams because they're afraid that if their kids fail, they'll be depressed. And so sometimes it's from a, this angle of concern, which I understand. I'm not saying it's fair or it's right, but I understand it, you know. And at the same time, I, could, I still cannot say whether or not parents should do that, you know, um, because it's not my place. I'm not, I'm not a parent yet. I don't have kids. Um, but I would rather talk about that if I were, I were a parent. It would be a lot easier for me. Yeah, but you, you also just answered the question in a way. Um, let me phrase it this way also. Let me let me help you out a little bit. I don't, I don't actually know the answer to that because I don't have kids also. Like, I don't know the perfect... Um, answer speaking from experience just like you're rightly pointing out okay in what ways have your parents actually helped and support you to become um to chase your goals pursue your your goals and your dreams and to give you the sense of autonomy that you have right now to express yourself um i like the way you changed it now that one that was something i can definitely answer i can definitely answer that one so that's, that's really good um, yeah. My parents, my parents have been very supportive of my brother and I's dreams since day one. They never stopped supporting us because the first thing they did was to make sure we had the right values. Like, are we? They made sure we were good people. And when they made sure that the foundation was solid, like we had a solid 
um, value system, anything we asked for, they knew it would be genuine. They knew we were actually serious about it. Because if you think about it, if the foundation is not solid and the kid comes up to you and they say that they want to be um, a videographer, for instance, can you give me money to go and buy camera equipment and so on, but their value system is not solid, there's a chance that they could use that money to buy video games instead. And it's like they could end up betraying their parents' trust, which will leave the parents thinking like, why am I even, why do I, why am I even supporting this person's dreams? Right. And all of that came from not having a strong value system, like their foundation was weak. But for us, my, our parents made sure that our, our foundation was very, very strong. And because we had a strong foundation, it's a lot easier to support people. Like it's easier for you to support good people or you would even want to support good people than to support bad people. Like that's just obvious, right? Like you'd rather support good people than bad people. So my parents ensured that we first had good values. And when they made sure that we did have good values, that's when it was a lot easier for them to, to be supportive towards our goals and um, our dreams. Yeah, thank you very much for answering that. And I'm glad I, I was able to make it a bit easier for you. So yeah. um, rounding up, um, I'm very sure we can, we, can go on, we can go on all day. I'm really enjoying this conversation, like really, really yeah, enjoying same it. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's, let's come to your area of expertise, to something you feel more comfortable answering. So um, you talk about books a lot. Um, you talk about that you're a voracious reader. You also, um, you give a lot of advice on the types of book people should read, like the book that have made impacts in your own life. So off the top of your head, what would you say are the top three books you recommend for every young person to actually read? Um, Atomic Habits, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, and how to win friends and influence people. Um, and why, why do you, why, why those three books? Atomic Habits would help you be more productive than you've ever been because, and sorry, instead of saying because I'll say, and it will also teach you how to break bad habits and build good ones because we have things that are holding us back from getting to where we want to be. And we also have things we need to get us to where we want to be. The things mm -hmm. holding us back for most of us is bad habits, you know, pornography, addiction, smoking, drinking, hanging out with the wrong people, getting into toxic relationships. All of these bad habits are things that we will need to let go of and people don't know how to. Atomic habits would help you with that. And then building the good habits because you will need to have good habits as well. They'll get you closer to where you want to be um, or they'll project you to where you want to be. And that's where good habits, these good habits come in. And that's why I say atomic habits is one essential one that they have to read. Another one is the subtle art of not giving an F. And why that one is so good is because I was in a dark place when I read the book. And like, I was feeling so lost. Like if there was any, I had, I felt like I had no meaning in my life at that point. And then I read the book and I got all the meaning I needed. And I was like, I'm so glad. I, I've read the book four times, like because of how good the book is. Honestly, I was very, very grateful that I read that book. And for anyone seeking clarity in life, this is one of those books that grabs you by the shoulder, right? And tells you, look, this is what you need to understand. You're, if you, you've been living your life the wrong way. This is a better way to go about living your life. You know, and when, when I read that book, honestly, I was just so relieved because I was like, finally, someone understands exactly what I'm going through. That's why I would recommend that one. And then the third one, how to win friends and influence people. You need people in your life. Like you can't succeed all by yourself. You know, it's like that saying, if you want to go far, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You need to go far. 
and you will need to learn skills to be together, like to find people to do this thing with. And that's where how to win friends and influence people will come in because it will teach you skills on how to make friends and to make an influence on people's lives. And that book was so, so good. Very simple, very interesting read and I would highly recommend it. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, you also have a book of on, on your own, right? You have a book you actually put out. Yes, right? um, it's um, Ultimate Confidence. That's mm -hmm. a book that just, let me just give you an overview of what it's all about. It's building confidence, like taking someone from where they're at right now, um, especially people who have low confidence, to an extremely high level of um, confidence. That's basically what the book does. But instead of just sharing basic tips, I share my own life experiences and relatable examples that helps people take their confidence to the next level. Because quite a number of people kept telling me on Instagram, especially my DMs, that they're struggling with confidence. How do I build up my confidence? How do I build up my confidence? And I was like, here you go. This is how I built mine and here how you can too. Yeah. So how can people actually get access to that book? Um, they, it's available on my website at nureintakuma.net. And mm -hmm. they can, like at the top of the page, they will see buy your copy now and they can just click that link and every, everything else that they, like if they want to learn more about the book, that's all they need to do. Just go there. Yeah. yeah I would actually um, put the, put a link to your website on this episode so people can actually just um, access it, like click on it I, and get that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. No, no, no. You're welcome. Thank you. You, I should be thanking you for taking your time out. So um, <laughs> rounding up also, um, where and where can people find you online and how can they actually find you exactly? I am on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm still learning how to use Facebook because somehow, you know how people, how elderly people say that they're old for social media? That's how I'm mm -hmm. saying myself on Facebook because I don't know how to use, I'm too young for Facebook. I, I, I don't know how it works. I'm still trying to understand this whole interface because mm -hmm. it's quite um, different. I think, I mean, Facebook has been there my entire life, but I wasn't really a Facebook guy. I was raised more by Instagram and Snapchat, TikTok, and all these other platforms. So um, I would say that they can find me on Instagram. They can find me on even on TikTok, on YouTube, and on Facebook, Narain Takuma. Okay, fair enough. I would actually, I can leave links to that also for easy sure. access. Um, so I, I think that's about it. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with as we round up our conversation today? Um, I'll leave everyone with a quote that changed my life and something that I feel would change people's lives as well, which is be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm -hmm. Instead of complaining about all the problems you see going on in the world, go and solve those problems or try to solve them. You know, because you have a choice in life. You can either sit at home, whine, complain, point fingers and blame everybody, or you can take responsibility. You can do something about it. I would always choose to take responsibility because I know that that's how things actually change. But if you sit at home complaining, nothing is going to change. Five years from today, you'll be in that same position complaining. You know, and nothing happens when you complain. You just end up frustrating yourself even more. You actually end up even making your mental health worse because you start to be negative. You know, and that really, for me, whenever I'm negative, whenever I complain, I actually get a minor headache. You know, it's like it actually bothers me because... I've made it a rule not to complain, you know, so be the change you want to see in the world because you can be the change you hope to see in the world.
Well, thank you very much. That's very, very powerful. And once again, thank you very much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, I had a great time and I'm very, very, I'm hoping this conversation can at least make some positive impacts on people's lives. Um, hopefully we can do this in the future. Um, I don't know, on some other topic or perspective. And um, yeah, thank you very much and do take care of yourself and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. And I would want to say that you ask really, really insightful um, questions, like the questions that I'm actually interested in answering. So I have to say that you yourself are a really, really good um, interviewer. So thank you so much for like, <laughs> honestly, like, like it's, it's, it's so um, interesting. It's like the kind of conversation that I can literally go on for a longer time. So you're a really, really good interviewer. And thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this conversation. To support this podcast, please like, share, leave a comment or review and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Piers underscore Arena. Thank you once more.